Oh, yeah. The epistle reading comes from Romans 15, beginning at the fourth verse. Whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction, that through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures we might have hope. May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another in accord with Christ Jesus, that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, Therefore, welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. For I tell you that Christ became a servant to the, uh, through the circumcised to show God's truthfulness in order to confirm the promises given to the patriarchs and in order that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy. As it is written, Therefore I will praise you among the Gentiles and sing to your name. And again it is said, Rejoice, O Gentiles, with his people. And again, praise the Lord, all you Gentiles, and let all the peoples extol him. And again, Isaiah says, The root of Jesse will come, even he who arises to rule the Gentiles, in him will the Gentiles hope. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. This is the word of our Lord. Please stand. Hold the Gospel according to St. Matthew, the third chapter. In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is he who was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah when he said, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Now John wore a garment of camel's hair and a leather belt around his waist. And his food was locusts and wild honey. Then Jerusalem and, and then Jerusalem and all Judea and all the region about the Jordan were going out to him, and they were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming for baptism, he said to them, "You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bear fruit in keeping with repentance." And do not presume to say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our father. For I tell you, God is able from these stones to raise up children for Abraham. Even now the axe is laid to the root of the trees. Every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. I baptize you with water for repentance. But he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand, and he will clear his threshing floor and gather his wheat into the barn, but the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. This is the gospel of our Lord. Please be seated. The hymn of the day is Faith and 
truth and life bestowing found on page number 584 again faith and truth and life bestowing page Dear Lord, may the meditations of our hearts and the words of my mouth be pleasing in your sight. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Grace, mercy, and peace be yours this morning from God our Father and through the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. John said, I baptize you with water for repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand, and he will clear his threshing floor and gather his wheat into the barn. The chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. The mightier man than John the Baptist. That's saying quite a bit, actually. All of the country of Judea and all Jerusalem were going out to him and were being baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Not to see wonders, not to be healed, but to confess their sins. Not only their sinfulness, but their sins. Can you imagine the mighty influence that would compel so many people to flock to this river? John was a phenomenon. He was filled with the Holy Spirit before he was even born, and he was the greatest prophet in the Old Testament. He even stood up to King Herod Antipas concerning the king's adultery. That's pretty mighty. But John was only the warm-up act. He was the Advent man. He preached, saying, there's coming. This is nothing. John preached that he wasn't worthy to be Jesus' slave, and why? knowing that Jesus was perfect man, that he was free from sin, would have made John totally sure of what he was preaching. But there was another reason that John said, I am not worthy to stoop down to loose the strap of even his sandal. Because it was God's sandal. God has sandals. That's doctrine. I can say John preached the incarnation, but I can be even more specific. John preached the doctrine of the personal union of Christ. 
John preached the personal union of Christ to terrify those comfortable sinners who haven't faced the fact that God has sandals. We know Jesus has sandals, and we're all glad that he humbly walked more than a mile in those sandals all the way to Jerusalem and made salvation available to to us any time we want it. Isaiah 40, verse 1 says, Comfort, comfort my people. And how comforting it is for us to get up in the morning and know that Jesus is there to listen to us when we pray. It's comforting to get up on this, the Lord's Day, and know that Jesus will be in our midst as he is today, should we gather in his name, in his house. It is also of great comfort to ignore Jesus when his words make us uncomfortable and comforting to dodge de- and, and comforting to dodge devotions when it's too uncomfortable to stoop down and pray and it's comforting to skip church when we're too comfortable to stoop down and inconvenience ourselves because after all Jesus has sandals and he's my personal savior and he respects my personal choice not to stoop down unless I feel like it And John preached, saying, There's coming after me the mightier man than I. I am not worthy to stoop down to loose the strap of the sandal of him. John wasn't especially comfortable around Christ. You see, John knew too much. What is it that makes us too comfortable around Christ to fear him? It's false comfort. We would never say it was our doctrine. We would never say that we were actually having problems with our faith. Everyone who claims to be a Christian and is comfortable dodging devotions and skipping church claims to have correct doctrine and plenty of faith. But it's false. It's false hope. It's false comfort. And it is faith that is dying. If that is you, this is the problem. You don't believe John's preaching, you don't buy his doctrine of the personal union. What was that? The personal union of Jesus Christ, perfect God and perfect man, with reasonable soul and human flesh, equal to the Father with respect to his manhood. How else could a man with sandals dispense God the Holy Spirit? He, the one with sandals, will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Sure, it's impossible. That's why it's a matter of faith. There's coming after me, John said, the man mightier than I. Both are true. Jesus enthroned above the cherubim came after John. He came into time after John and into space with John and the rest of us mortals. But he was still mightier than John. How mighty? Say to the cities of Judah, Behold your God, behold the Lord God comes with might and his arm rules for him. Behold, his reward is with him and his recompense before him. So says Isaiah chapter 40. How mighty? John bore witness about him and cried out, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks before me because he was before me. You can't dodge the Jesus with sandals without dodging the the Jesus who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. You can't skip gathering in the name of Jesus who submitted to John's baptism without skipping the worship of the Son who is equal to the Father, who created John, who created you, and knows all the lies of false comfort that we swallow. 
When they plotted against Jesus, they accused him of falsely claiming to be equal with God. And when we ignore, you and I, ignore Jesus' divinity, we accuse him of being inferior to God too. Isn't it true that we sometimes act as if we were mightier than he by trying to keep him out of our life? As if we could let him have parts of our lives, the parts that are okay for us to give him and not others, because we haven't truly agreed that he is God. Advent means that God incarnate is coming to make all things right. The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise, as some count slowless, but is patient towards you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. But the day of the Lord will come with his sandals and with his scars. Like a thief, when the heavens will pass away with a roar and the heavenly bodies will be burned up and dissolved and the earth and the works that are done on it will be exposed, that's who John baptized in the Jordan. Behold your God, Isaiah chapter 40 says. You can, uh, you can agree that Jesus is God and still reject the personal doctrine, the doctrine of the personal union. But John preached that personal union to comfort terrified sinners. Sometimes, especially when you and I suffer, we talk about God as though he didn't know anything about human suffering, as though he were above it somehow, as though he didn't still have scars to go with his sandals. The doctrine of the personal union is that God in the highest, in a body like yours, in his humiliation of being inferior to the Father, was made complete through suffering. His suffering is more important to you than your own. Sometimes when we get impatient in our struggle with temptation, we talk about him as though he is not aware of our struggles. The doctrine of the personal union is that God in the highest, in a body like yours, in his humiliation of being inferior to the Father, was sorely tempted in all temptations that you have suffered. His resisting temptation has actually more to do with your future than giving in to than you're giving in to temptation. Behold the man, John says, God incarnate, mighty in his sandals, walking into a shredder of our own making, mighty in thorns, to keep our heads crowned with innocence and glory, mighty in blood with which he washed our sins away and made wine for this Cana, mighty on the cross, more human, more dying, more guilty than any of us, and mighty and risen, and ascended, bone of your bone, flesh of your flesh, still God incarnate, and still coming. He will tend his flock, Isaiah says, like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms. When you were baptized, he saved you. When you were baptized, he saved you. When you were baptized, he saved you. He saved you by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit when he poured out on you richly through Jesus Christ, our Savior, so that being justified by his grace, you might become an heir according to the hope of eternal life. John preached he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. St. Paul preached the same thing in, in the synagogue. Let it be known to you, therefore, brothers, that through this man forgiveness of sins is proclaimed to you. 
Here's the real comfort. There is coming the man mightier than you. His human life is mightier than the record of your past, and his human crucifixion is mightier than all of your sins. His human resurrection is mightier than your death, and his human intercession is mightier than every power reigned against you. And his body and blood are mightier than all of your doubts. Comfort, comfort my people, he says. And we prayed, and we prayed the Lord to make ready the way of his only begotten Son, that by his coming we may be enabled to serve him with pure minds. He's coming now. God the Son assumed the body and blood into personal union with his divine person when Jesus was conceived by the Holy Spirit inside the Virgin Mary, making that body and blood his own. Behold your God. One holy ministry called the sacramental union. Perfect God and perfect man in Perfect God and perfect man, inferior to the Father regarding the bread and wine, equal to the Father regarding the body and blood. I'm not worthy to stoop down and prepare this bread and cup, but he, was, but he who was baptized, but he who baptized you in the Holy Spirit, will come with his Father and make his home in you. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. For we, though many, are one body in Christ. That's called the mystical union, for we all partake of the one bread. Do you see what comfort the personal unions, and do you see the, the comfort the personal union started? You, in mystical union with Christ, will now eat and drink the sacramental union. Perfect God and perfect man, not two, but one Christ, all the fullness of God bodily. Comfort, comfort my people. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please stand. We recite the words of our Christian faith together. We use the words of the Apostles' Creed. It is found printed in the back cover of your hymnal. In one God... Father Almighty, Maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified and died in his grave. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He is ascended into heaven, and sits at the right hand of God, our Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. At this time, we will gather our tithes and offerings, and if you are a, um, whether you are a member or a guest with us, please fill out the red sign-in book that is in your pew uh, so that we know that you were here uh, to worship with us. I have left the font open so that any of you who wish to come for, who will be coming forward for communion here in just a moment, may be able to make the sign of the cross upon yourself to remind yourself that you are a baptized child of the Heavenly Father and be comforted uh, by that. We collect our tithes and offerings.
The mission of Trinity Lutheran Church is the preaching, teaching, baptizing, and sharing the love of Christ in our church, our community, and our world. The radio broadcast is made possible by donations to the radio broadcast ministry of Trinity Lutheran Church. Please contact the church office for how you can help. That number is 417-235-7300. Several ladies Bible studies meet during the week in surrounding areas. For more information, call the church office at 417-235-7300. Again, that number is 417-235-7300. The Lutheran Hour is our church's witness to the public marketplace. Today's message, God's Yes, is, and the speaker is the Reverend Dr. Michael Ziegler. Loved and Sent series is, if we say that God's purpose is simply to take our souls to heaven when we die, we might miss God's bigger yes, God's yes to putting bodies and souls back together again in the resurrection, God's yes to creation as he intended it to be. Read Romans chapter 8, verses 18 through 39. And now we are taking the offerings back into the sanctuary and we will begin our prayers for the church and then Holy Communion. Let us pray for the whole church of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. Father, we give you thanks for this day and leading us here so we can worship you. As the beautiful sunrise this morning signals a new day in our lives, your refreshing word gives us the strength to live a life filled with joy and hope. Remind us this week to keep focused on the Christ of Christmas. Over the coming days, use us to tell others of the importance of this great Christmas celebration, the celebration of our Savior and his great love. Lord, in your mercy. We pray for the sick, those who struggle with emotional or spiritual issues, those who are hospitalized, those who will be undergoing surgery, those on the road to recovery. We lift up all those on our health list, Melba, Landreth, Janice, Carol, Ethel, Joan, Addison, Steve, Becky, Bob Curtit, Bob Dodson, Bob Yelinek, 
Gary Duggan, Gary Magruder, Emma Conklin, Brenda, Rose Marie, John Alexander, John Eden, Debbie, Mary, Fred, Nellie, Lisa, Catherine, Joe, Phil, Tom, Norma, Judy, Louise, Ruth, Dana, Dennis Nost, Sherry Johnson, Little Sutton Grace, and Lena Bremer and Hunter Gaddy. We lift these people up to you, Lord, as well as all those we now name in our hearts. Heavenly Father, you are the great healer and sustainer of life. Be with those who are currently dealing with these conditions or issues, and if it be your will, heal them completely. Use the trials and challenges they face to grow closer to you. Give them a sense of your presence during these difficult times as they reach out to you for comfort. Lord, in your mercy. We pray for our leaders who hold positions of service nationally in our state and in our local communities. Father, these people have accepted the responsibility of leadership as part of their commitment to serve. Send your Holy Spirit to give them true wisdom, to govern in a way that glorifies your name. Keep them mindful of those who cannot speak for themselves, especially the unborn. Lord, in your mercy. We pray for all the brave men and women who serve in the military, especially those who serve in the most dangerous places. We lift up to you in prayer Christopher Smith, David Hesseman, Luke Sharp, and Derek Moore. We also think of all first responders, police, fire, and emergency personnel. Father, we pray that you will send your angels to watch over them, to protect them against all harm, strengthen and encourage them so they can remain strong and courageous. Lord, in your mercy. God, we praise you as the God of all creation. You brought little Kylie into this world just a few weeks ago, and now, through water and word, you have given her the promise of salvation, making her one of your own. We welcome her into our church family and look forward to watching her grow, not only physically, but spiritually as well. Give an extra measure of your grace to both mom and dad as they begin this new chapter in their lives. Keep this new family safe and healthy. Lord, in your mercy. Most gracious God, we give you thanks for the joy and blessings that you grant to husbands and wives. Assist them always by your grace, that with true fidelity and steadfast love they may honor and keep their marriage vows. Grow in love towards you and each other, and come at last to the eternal joys that you have promised. Lord, in your mercy. And finally, Lord, I offer up a special prayer for this, thanks, this congregation of yours. As you continue to bless us, keep us focused on what's the most important in our lives. Help each of us find the time to be in your word, spend time in daily prayer, strengthen our hearts for mission, and finally, nurture the love we have for you and one another. Lord, in your mercy. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend all for whom we pray. Trusting in your mercy through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks unto the Lord our God.
It is truly good, right, and salutary that we should at all times and in all places give thanks to you, Holy Lord, Almighty Father, everlasting God, through Jesus Christ our Lord, who, having created all things, took on human flesh and was born of the Virgin Mary. For our sake he died on the cross and rose from the dead to put an end to death, thus fulfilling your will and gaining for you a holy people. Therefore, with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and singing. The Lord's Supper is God's gift for Christians who are properly taught. In communing, we want people to receive Christ's body and blood for their good. This means that as you come to the Lord's table, you affirm with each communicant that Jesus is your Savior and Lord, and with Lutheran Christians, you confess. I recognize Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it, and he gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you, this do in remembrance of me. In the same way also we took the cup after supper, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them and said, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is a New Testament in my blood, shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always. service book. Again, Amazing Grace, found on page number 744.
stand. And now may this, our Savior's body and blood, strengthen and preserve you in the one true faith until life that is everlasting. Depart in his peace and joy. Amen. give thanks to you, Almighty God, that you have refreshed us with this salutary gift. And we implore you that of your mercy that you would strengthen us to the same in faith towards you and in fervent love toward one another. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look upon you with his favor and give you his peace. The closing hymn is verses 5, 6, and 7 of O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, found on page number 357. Again, 357, verses 5, 6, and 7.
just a few announcements before we close with worship today. First of all, communion, wear, care. The sign-up sheet is in the narthex. If you wish to purchase a Christmas poinsettia for the altar during the Christmas season, you must get your order in before December the 10th. The cost is $20 each, and you may place the orders by either calling Grace Doss or calling the church office. Order orders for portals of prayer and Lutheran witnesses need to be turned into the church office by December the 20th. The early childhood department at our school will present their nativity play in the gym on December the 12th at two times, 2 p.m. and 7, and 7 p.m. All are welcome to join us. Parents' night out. The eighth grade class is sponsoring a parents' night out on December the 13th. Drop your kids off at the school gym at 6 p.m. and shop till you drop or have a date night. Games, food, and Christmas movies will be provided. All donations benefit the Trinity Lutheran School 8th grade class of 2020 and will go towards their class trip. And also, the Lutheran Youth Fellowship Christmas Dinner is today following church. All are invited to attend whether or not you have a ticket. So please plan on joining us over in the Fellowship Hall. And Walt has an announcement for us this morning. Good morning. The elders have placed envelopes in the back uh, for all the church staff, for anyone who would uh, like the opportunity to say thank you for everything that they do for us through the year. Uh, There's a lot of work that goes on here kind of behind the scenes, not just what you see here on Sunday morning. And uh, this would be your opportunity to say thank you for that. Thank you. Thank you very much, Walt. And I believe that is all. Oh, and then just one last announcement. Our midweek Advent services continue this Wednesday uh, evening at 7 p.m. Oh, and let's uh, pray for our meal uh, before we go over there. So we pray the common table prayer together. Come, Lord Jesus, be our guest, and let these gifts to us be blessed. May our souls by thee be fed, ever on the living bread. Amen. Have a very blessed week. It has been our pleasure to bring you this worship service from Trinity Lutheran Church in Frystat, Missouri. We pray that you have benefited spiritually from this service and invite you to worship with us next Sunday morning at 10 a.m. If you are not able to be with us in person, we invite you to listen by means of this broadcast on www.frystatradio.com. We commend you to the loving care of our gracious Heavenly Father. May his love surround you and his mercy be evident to you in all things. Your announcer has been Carol Clybaker, and we wish you a blessed week.